Echoplex Media streams seven days a week on twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. With a variety of hosts and topics, there's bound to be something you'll like or hate so much you can't stop watching it. Check out our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. At some point, we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Just a bunch of people. 
Hey everybody, with any luck, this is Down Ballot. We do this show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Media. I'm producer Dave, and you can find me on Grinder. And this is The Councilman. You can sometimes find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman. Um, other than that, you can usually find me uh, just staring blank-faced at a open space that's been uh, crusted over uh, after uh, the entitlements have been given out and nothing has developed. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but uh, that's 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 why we call you the councilman. Exactly. If, if you if, if you know, you know, that's all I'll say. So uh, just a reminder for everybody, we are moving to a new studio August 1st or thereabouts. Um, <clears throat> Patreon donations, direct donations via Streamlabs, or just go to our site, echoplexmedia.com slash support. We'd like to buy some cool toys and maybe even offset some of my moving expenses, but primarily buy some cool fucking toys, some lighting, maybe some cameras, just, you know, some, something always comes up when you move and something always comes up when you build something. So, yeah, I mean, beer, Coke, drugs, other you know, pizza. I mean, that's just for the people to help you move. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't do, I don't be like, Hey, help me move. You, you get pizza. I just like hire people. That's that's probably sensible, actually, more reliable that way. If you're giving them coke, it's probably not a, a it's a good incentive maybe for them to show up, but maybe not for a quality job well done on the first try. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um <clears throat> also real quick, uh tomorrow for the intellectual dollar tree, we'll be running a pre-recorded interview. I interviewed Chris Kavanaugh from the Decoding the Gurus podcast. Um it was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done because as soon as the call started, we just started talking. I didn't even really introduce the interview. <laughs> and so uh, we'll be running the full patrons version tomorrow night. So if you aren't a patron and you want to hear the whole thing, you can go ahead and tune in tomorrow night for, or it'll be tonight, I guess, if you're hearing this on the pod for the intellectual dollar tree and, um, or yesterday, if you're listening to the pod late or otherwise, if you want the whole thing, you just go to patreoncom slash echoplex all summer long patrons at any level, get the entire audio capture of all of our podcast recording sessions, not just the $5 and up. And we'll consider continuing that on going forward we're thinking about it we're thinking about it ding 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 so uh let me see there, let me see are there any other announcements um yeah i guess i like read it all the software here and it seems to work so that's great crisis averted crisis averted well that i thought it was going to be a crisis and then it wasn't a crisis so i feel like that's the sort of sub sub tagline of uh, down ballot or echoplex media uh, crisis averted crisis averted um but of course as we know on down ballot crises are crises are very very rarely averted um especially locally uh here in politics and in real estate and other other areas so uh, I, I don't mind, i forget honestly if we touched on this story last week but there was there's been some developments in terms of details um for leading off tonight if we can if you want to roll with the with the docket yeah, yeah, we got. Um, looks like uh, Great America is technically. I guess the sale went through, and it's uh, the the property went for three hundred and ten million dollars. I don't know if that includes all the equipment or just the property. Uh, good question. Actually, uh, we might find out from the story, and we can talk about it on the other side. Interviews. James Torres has more on the details and tells us how much longer you have to enjoy those rides and entertainment. California's Great America has been the South Bay's local amusement park since 1976, and now it has at most 11 years left before doors are closed for good. Uh, it's been a long time. A long time where rides, entertainment, and events staged in the backyard of the Bay Area. 
the reign of California's great America is coming to an end. I don't know much, but I've heard it's a blast and we were considering going today. The amusement park's owner, Cedar Fair, announcing the sale of Great America to a San Francisco-based real estate company called Prologis, a price tag of about $310 million. President and CEO of the Silicon Valley Central Chamber of Commerce, Christian Malisic, says he saw this coming. With the price of land in Silicon Valley uh, going up, 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 and doesn't seem to be any stop to it, uh, it's hard for a park that covers so much acreage like Great America to make the kind of revenue it, it needs to make to stay open. Cedar Fair says it looked to sell the park since 2021, hoping to reduce its debt and invest more money in its other resort properties. According to federal filings, Cedar Fair will now lease the park from Prologis for at least six years at a rate of more than $12 million a year. Cedar Fair will have an option to renew the lease for an additional five years, but Prologis does have the power to cut the deal short so long as they give a two years heads up. That means Great America will not stay open longer than 11 more years. As far as a local amusement park, it was Great America. So the fact that it's going away, that's, yeah. It's weird. While the closing may seem like a bummer, having a big heads up is a huge deal for nearby businesses needing to adjust to the change. What employee has ever given their employer a 10-year notice? <laughs> uh, that's certainly tons and tons of time. And, you know, with things like the World Cup coming uh, before that, that's going to balance things, the scales the other way uh, and, and fill up all the rooms everywhere and uh, bring all kinds of jobs to the area. In the meantime, nothing about the park will change. In fact, representatives with Great America say they have a lineup of entertainment, events and festivals for the remaining years. Prologis did release a statement to me saying they are excited to work with the city of Santa Clara to determine what will take over this land next. They say they have not yet made that decision. Reporting in Santa Clara, I'm James Torres, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Producer Dave, the last time you were at Great America, can you recall? Must have been. Oh, I was, I, I went for a ravey rave thing in my 20s. They did ravey rave things at Great America too? They did like a, it was like a rave night or whatever. It was like in the early 2000s when like raves and festivals were kind of at their peak. Like the thing, they were the thing to do. Yeah get 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 all mollied up and, and hit the dance floor yeah they didn't they didn't see fit to book me but whatever it was like a bunch of djs i'd never heard of the music wasn't that great it was like definitely more mainstream than i would have hoped for but it's shame. great america for fuck's sake i mean shame yeah so we had, we had a little more detail on the on the uh the deal here but it didn't yeah you're i don't believe they got into the detail of whether or not this includes all the equipment and whatnot i mean Generally speaking, these kind of deals are about just the land, right? Um, even when it comes to like selling your house, um, to some extent, I mean, the land is the most valuable thing. Um, and then the house is almost secondary, um, whatever's on the land. Especially I mean, unless it's Valley. a really nice house in a place where the land value is fairly low. Truth, truth. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all about what the value of the stuff on the land is too, right? If it's a nice house, then that's got some value. In this case, the, the Top Gun, whatever ride that can no longer be called Top Gun because it's no longer Paramount's Great America. Um, you know, <laughs> who knows? Um, I hope I didn't get us into any sort of copyright infringement by saying all of that right there. It but, was uh, Tom we'll, Cruise's birthday the other day. Happy birthday, no. Thomas. No, no, no. Happy no. birthday to Thomas Cruise. He has he has enabled the um, subjugation and um, trafficking of many human beings via his donations to a certain 
cult organization. So absolutely no happy birthday to Tom Cruise. I, I, I will resist the urge to name the, the cult organization, but you all know who we're talking about. And <laughs> we do a whole show and we do a whole hour on Thursday about it. Yeah, that's true. Or at that's least true. tangentially about it. Cause sometimes it's just Andy Nolch and that's not really, <laughs> it's not really right. about the organization. So the good news, I guess, is that, you know, if you're a fan of great America, if you're one of those few dwindling people who have like, you know, season passes and you really dig on amusement parks and, and rides, I mean, one, you've got the boardwalk over in Santa Cruz. So get over to Santa Cruz, check out, the beach, you know, get back to the boardwalk, have some, have a, have a, a deep fried Snickers bar, uh, or an Oreo. They're so, or a deep fried Twinkie. <laughs> it's the best. Um, or, you know, get out to great America and experience it. I mean, the reason why they're not, you know, they're closing down is because folks just aren't coming. So, uh, it's, I don't know if it's their fault or if it's our fault, but generally speaking, um, if you, that rest, when that restaurant down the street that you love, always wanted to check out right you don't you don't love it the one you've always wanted to check out you'd love to check out when it shuts down you know you can only blame yourself because you just never got around to going there and you're, if you're like the rest of the neighbors then that's why they were not successful so so support you, your if, local businesses if you've got a couple kids and you go to great america for the day i mean you're looking at five seven hundred bucks right and like These you're days. the adult and you're not going to enjoy the experience right there's just like there's like nowhere near as much as they are <laughs> well, i mean it's just like it's like a it's like a rough thing on adults you know it's like the mm -hmm. the adults are like they, they got to get the kids to all the rides the kids are going to complain about the lines mm -hmm. the adults have to stand in the lines too and the adults may or may not care about the rides and then maybe maybe the things you're interested in at the park the kids aren't that interested in maybe there's a Maybe there's some music event at the night that you and you and your your partner or whatever want to check out, but by that time the kids are pooped and cranky and not okay. interested in the band or whatever. And it's just like it's it's not like a good scene for adults. And I think that the Bay Area overall is becoming less and less a place for people with kids. And so I think that's probably a big part of why uh, if the the park might be seeing some um, reduced attendance and also not for nothing it's just getting hotter and hotter every summer and that place is all concrete there's like hardly any fucking trees there and it's so it's you know I, it's, I don't, you don't see raging waters closing on that point so it's it, it's it's going it, strong yeah the, the you know it's just, it's just it's just so hot and there's just so many water rides and you got to wonder like what's in that water <laughs> slip and slide slip and slide producer dave um well, uh, again, you have a, uh, up to 11 years to get out and have your last go around at Great America if you're feeling nostalgic or if you simply just love roller coasters. Um, so go check it out with the family or without. Make sure you bring lots of cash and patience if you're a parent. Um, but that's pretty much good advice no matter where you're going these days. Um, I won't even tell you how much it's going to cost for a family of four to go to the ballpark or like a Niners game or something, right? Oh, or that, World Cup, or that World Cup game, that World Cup game they were talking about. That's that's out of that's that's like a thousand bucks for a family of four probably including the tickets and everything else at least that might be dollars. just the tickets yeah exactly so i i you're talking you know massive amounts and it, uh, it's not it's not making me uh look forward longingly to the future here but uh you know you figure things out right parents figure things out and they figure out ways we can figure out ways to entertain our kids without spending an arm and a leg and another thing that i think that that park could have done a long time ago that they never did was like one or two Fridays a month, 
like gear the nighttime towards like an entertainment. They have all that space. They have a couple amphitheaters. They have all that, all those fucking speakers, all that sound amplified sound permits out the wazoo. And one of the, one of the amphitheaters, the big one is like dead center of the park. So the, the sounds not even really escaping the park and they never really took advantage of it. Like, you know, Santa Cruz, they have that whole summer concert series that they do. Sure. Like, and, and there was just never like a, a, a great America summer concert series or anything like that where, where yeah. they could have brought in like young, like younger adults. And sure. They could have even turned off most of the rides, except for the rides directly adjacent to where the concert was and mostly shut the park down, except for like the event space. They never did anything like that. The couple times they did that, I thought it was stupid because they tried to leave the whole park open and it was like, you're losing so much money and your employees hate you. And yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that you're seeing that actually, uh, the San Jose museum of art has a great, like, uh, like third or fourth Thursday night where they keep it open and you can come and have drinks and hang out. And there's music, usually a DJ or a band or something, um, playing and you can check out the exhibits. Um, really cool. The tech, I think had an after dark for a while. I don't know if they still have it, but, um, there are re- some really I cool played options. The, the, I played, uh, the, the nighttime event at the tech before. Yeah. At the tech. Yeah. That, 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 and, uh, was, that was so fun. Yeah, there's lots of cool people that come out. They, they have a lot of fun. And uh, so check out, you know, look uh, look around, poke around. Uh, you can find some cool after-hours things for adults. Um, you know, hopefully you can find some childcare uh, to leave the kids at home. But um, I know that's also a, a struggle for most of us. So um, you're right. I think I, the more options we have for all ages, all families, all, all types of folks um, to, to get out and experience, um, you know, have a little fun right? Experience the city will benefit, um, you know, San Jose, Silicon Valley in the long run and San Francisco and all, all the other cities, but primarily Silicon Valley here because we have so many families here. We have so many people living here, right? Um, more families than, than San Francisco or Oakland most, most likely. So they need something to do. So let's give them something to do. Anyway, uh, one thing you don't want to do is shoot off a firework into the air and have it explode and burn your house down. Um, but Hey, you know, if you want to do that sort of thing, you can do that. And it seems like everyone Tonight, does. Illegal fireworks could be seen popping off around the Bay Area. Today, we got a viewer tip that fireworks have been going off in a neighborhood near Blossom Hill and Almanac Expressway in San Jose for days. We tried to talk with Bastardo Estrella, but right when we started rolling... He says it's like this every year. All right, let's try that again. It's annoying because my daughter can't sleep and these people here had a baby. I'm sure there's kids over there and people got to go to work. This is video he took last year when sparks nearly flew into his apartment. He says some neighbors reported it to San Jose's 311 website for illegal fireworks and officers came out the next day. During the holiday last year, there were 27 fires caused by fireworks in San Jose. The city issued 23 citations. You're just relaxing and then boom, startles you. On the city's website, you can also see the heat map showing where most complaints are coming in from. Oh, they didn't show my neighborhood. It would have been 327 reports made. Just, just city of San Jose. Those are the type of illegal fireworks that the city is so concerned about. One of those could start a fire. 
Today, firefighters were busy across the bay. Contra Costa County Fire believes these flames were sparked by a firework. A witness reported that they saw someone light a firework and shoot it out of a car. When people are underestimating the power of a lot of the explosive fireworks. Today in South San Francisco, firefighters were called to a scene when an M80 went off and blew out a window. For those of you that want to set off illegal fireworks, please don't. You know, the fire the fires are big enough in California. Please don't. And I would like to see less of them, not more of them. Most departments have extra patrols out tonight. Bastardo Estrella said he was leaving before dark to get away from it all. So I'll probably go visit my mother in Milpitas where it's a little quieter. In San Jose, Ian Cole, NBC <laughs> Milpitas, where it's a little quieter. What a great tagline. Just a little quieter. Just a little quieter. Uh, so uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Councilmember Matt Mahan um, for you know getting a, a funding for an Almaden Lake uh, official professional fireworks show, which obviously tamped down on the uh, illegal fireworks at Almaden Expressway and Blossom Hill, <laughs> just a couple blocks north. Uh, so great job, council member. Um, looking forward to your revolution of common sense. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this is pretty much constant. The good wife and I were flying in last night, um, actually right around uh, prime uh, firework time from a small vacation. And uh, sure enough, you look out the window on either side of the plane as you're coming into San Jose from the south, and it's just, you know, it's a free-for-all out there. People really don't give a shit about the fines. They don't give a shit about the reporting app. They, you know, they want to set off some fireworks. They're going to do it. Um, and uh, uh, please don't is not exactly the, the most uh, convincing, um, you know, uh, antidote to this this reckless behavior. So, not going to lie, last night I played lookout. I was I was like I was like a corner boy. I was like five oh five oh for a fireworks show. Yeah, yeah, they're this the nice. the neighbors at the the end of the street here always put on like a like a pretty impressive display. Did you have to at any time? I mean, did you have to crawl out and get the show stopped for a second while the the five O approached? Uh, I don't think the cops care because mm-hmm. a couple of them rolled so by they, on like the other street, didn't turn onto this street, but, the, but didn't come around. Okay, well, safe enough. Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't know that they care to get involved really at this point you know it's it's just so it's so rampant like and how do you pick and choose where to bust and who to bust um they just don't have the time and, and like they it, probably feel a little overwhelmed and not for nothing there's just a lot of apartments around here so if, if somebody if the cops come down the street and everybody runs to their apartment how the fuck do you figure out who went where and sure like and literally 45, se- 45 seconds later you're on your fucking couch watching tv you watch fireworks on tv <laughs> Like, sorry, officer. The only fireworks I know about are the ones on my TV. Uh, bro, you're killing my buzz, man. Trying to watch some fireworks on television. Um, yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that these like city sponsored fireworks displays don't tamp down on this at all. No, not at all. I mean, people are going to be people, right? And, um, if if this if these things are available, the only thing that would cut it off, right? You'd think would be availability, but at the same time, you just you just you, you cut down on the availability, and uh, the black market finds a way. You know, p- people find a way to get shit, right? So uh, I don't know that prohibition is the answer. I, I do know that education is the answer, probably probably with younger people. You know, it's not something we're going to solve tomorrow. I think it's something where uh, we're just not teaching our kids just frankly, basic responsible behavior. Um, and that's on parents. It's not on, I mean, as well, it's not on simply government and, and, uh, 
the educational system. It's also on parents to you know, teach your children wisely, not to set, not to light an M80 in their hand, right? Um, oh, I was going to throw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just be careful, be cautious, and and teach your children to be wise about these things as well. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I didn't really feel um, a particularly patriotic this year, you know, gestures broadly at America. <laughs> but it was still it was still fun. It's still fun to go out and see some of the neighbors. There are people out there. There are people out barbecuing and stuff. That I've always just responded to the food and the the camaraderie more than anything else than the the America, right? I, I'll I'll take any excuse to barbecue, and I don't care whose Independence Day it is, right? Like Filipino Independence Day, Mexican Independence Day, whatever Italian Independence Day, Paisan. I will I'll do it up. Even Bastille Day, fuck it. It's ten days out. It's the fourteenth. We should be doing a Bastille anyway. Day party to uh, prepare ourselves for the eventual storming of the Bastille. <laughs> the Bastille Day barbecue. We have <laughs> barbecued snails on the griddle with Cajun seasoning. Um, okay, well, uh, speaking of fish on the griddle, uh, apparently there's like fish falling out of the fucking sky in San Francisco. I thought we <laughs> Everything's might, fine, everybody. <laughs> I was thinking of putting this under Get Your Shit Together, but I don't know how you can... You know, dude, you missed the paper. opportunity no. to be like, get your fish together. Come on, dude. Get your fish together. Oh, man. Now you're killing me because that's a great pun. Fuck. I know. I should have. Uh, this is the one week I don't work on the dock. It would have been the week where I'd have been like, I'm sorry. I'm going to make an executive decision here. Oh, an executive pun decision. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, well let's let's roll with it anyway, since we've already queued, you know, teed it up and we'll talk about it on the other side once we find out what this shit's all about. You look down to find fish, but here in San Francisco tonight, you might want to look up. There have been reports of anchovies falling from the sky, and experts say it does make sense. They've seen it before. Near Fort Funston, you get a bird's eye view of the coast. But away from the shore in San Francisco, pictures like this are now popping up on social media, with reports of fish falling from the sky and landing in the outer Richmond and Castro. So what's going on? It's an amazing thing, but it is raining fish. It's raining a few anchovies, at least. And we've seen that happen before in 2017. Bill Keener is with the Marine Mammal Center and tells us a blast of cold water off the coast has led to a boom in the number of anchovies moving along the coast and into the bay. There's more oxygen in it and certain fish like the anchovies really love that. There's a lot of food for the anchovies and the anchovies are really near shore right now. So it's easy for the birds to go pick them out of the, of the water and then they fly inland and sometimes they drop them. We have a, a bunch of species of birds here that that eat um, fish. Whitney Grover is with the Golden Gate Audubon Society and says there could be another factor. Birds are breeding and so instead of just like being out foraging in the ocean and eating the fish immediately, there, there are a lot of species that are carrying fish back to um, their young right now. So that might be the reason that some of it's getting dropped. And Keener says it's not just birds getting in on the action. Off our coast, there are gray whales. Uh, particularly, we've been uh, watching them off Pacifica, feeding really close to shore. He says he doesn't expect it to last much longer. As water's warm, the anchovies will die off or move on. But till then, keep an eye out because fish may be falling from the sky. Christy Smith, NBC Bay Area News. Well, unfortunately, well, no. there was an answer that makes like sense and isn't crazy. Yeah, I was really hoping for some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of plague or something or, you know, one of the uh, 
you know the, the plagues that you no know, Moses calls upon Pharaoh, right? The or the uh, the frogs falling from the sky, something like that. I was trying to find deeper meaning in what uh, what this could be. Um, maybe it was some sort of commentary on San Francisco's savagely progressive and open uh, open uh, culture. Who knows? Um, could be God, you know, like getting back at uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you know, anyway. In the Castro, where it's usually usually raining men, it was just raining fish. <laughs> raining fish. It's raining fish. Um, that wow. What kind yeah, of sign? Chat wanted be? a I mean, if you're... chat wanted a fish NATO actually. <laughs> Slightly less dangerous than a shark NATO. Well, I mean, it was very specific. Like they were landing in the outer Richmond and the Castro. Those are for anyone who's not from San Francisco, from the Bay Area, or knows San Francisco geography. Those are not adjacent neighborhoods. Like they're, they're quite. Uh, far far apart when it comes might to just be coincidence. Might just be coincidence, though. That that's where a people people reported seeing a couple fish, mm. right? Just because the, fi- the 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 bird drops the fish doesn't mean that anybody's actually going to see it. It might land on a roof. Well, it, I also think that like those are people that are more likely to report shit in the first place, right? Like in the tenderloin, if a fish falls from the sky, like you're really not a lot of concern about that because you're already just whacked out on heroin and, <laughs> and, and it might it, it might it might actually cover up a poo. Yeah, exactly. Like so, what? Yeah, <laughs> it, it gives you a stepping stone to get around all the poo and the and the the unhoused individuals and drug addicts. Um, but anyway, yeah. But the Castro or the, or the outer Richmond or the inner Richmond. If something fell in the inner Richmond, watch out. They'd have a uh, whole. They'd have a whole city. They'd have like a whole city meeting about it. They'd be yeah, like, absolutely. "Where did this, where did this fish a, come from? Does this fish have its papers?" There would be a community meeting. Um, Speaking of community, um, we're still on winners and losers here on Down Ballot, and this is one of those absolutely loser situations, and everyone loses. Um, but I, you know, I don't begrudge anyone down on their luck who you know, for whatever reason, turns to property crime. You know, I, I'm sure that you know, um, if given better circumstances, you may not have needed to engage in that kind of crime. But to me, it does. It really does uh, hinge on the target of your <laughs> of your, your thievery um and when you steal from kids it's kind of crossing the line for me but we'll hear more about that from fox tv a nonprofit in oakland has been targeted by thieves twice in recent months in both cases criminals went after the group's van it plays a crucial role in its mission to help students ktv's amber lee live now for us after talking to the group about the thefts amber Heather, the nonprofit says the thieves have stolen from the hundreds of children it serves. Still, the group is determined to bounce back. Upset that it happened again, upset that everything was stolen this time. This van, which belongs to Running for a Better Oakland, a nonprofit serving youth, was burglarized for the second time in a span of four months. This time, the vehicle was also stolen while parked in the slot at the YMCA building in downtown Oakland. To be attacked. Again, it's, it's heartbreaking. This is an image from surveillance video of the van being driven out of the lot May 13th when it was stolen. This is the most recent incident. Police say officers recovered it two and a half weeks later. It was stripped of our two catalytic converters, 
no longer drivable. Aaron Choi with the nonprofit says items stolen include expensive yoga mats, t-shirts and other training gear for students. It was heartbreaking because we use a lot of that equipment each Saturday. Leah Kahun tells me she and her two siblings are members of the program. She says the nonprofit, also known as RBO, has taught her more than athletic skills. One of the main lessons I learned from RBO was finishing is the most important. I use that life skill with me when it comes to like schoolwork or when it comes to literally anything in my life. Choi says the nonprofit has helped more than 1,000 students since it started 11 years ago. The program is free. Volunteer coaches train students to run in races. We want to teach them that hard work pays off and as long as you keep going, keep persevering, anything is possible. The nonprofit plans to persevere. Choi estimates the loss of the van and the contents to be at $30,000. Running for a better Oakland hopes to raise enough money to replace what was stolen in time for the fall season, which starts in September. The group has started a GoFundMe. Yeah, and as a runner myself, uh, you know, Amber, I just love what this group does. As you mentioned, that GoFundMe page, uh, hopefully some people at home will be moved to contribute. Amber, thank Absolutely. you. Thanks for not giving us the link. Police are investigating <laughs> <crash> <laughs> Producer Dave, are you moved to contribute? I might be if the news would have given me like a, like a keyword or like, oh, there's a link on our website or... Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, although that being said, the kind of you know publicity they're getting over this, I saw this on multiple news channels. I'm sure we could probably find their GoFundMe while we're sitting here. The chat maybe can take a chat. Go check. T go take a look. Find the GoFundMe for running for a better Oakland. Um, I would almost guarantee they're over their goal already because I think that story was at least a couple of days old. Um, yeah, yeah, and, but and, yeah, and in that case, give me money instead. <laughs> but uh but yeah please don't I, i'm sure they'll be fine but please don't steal from kids that's just so dumb god for, for the love of all things and holy like, what are you gonna do with a bunch of used yoga mats and like, a van yeah oh yeah <laughs> smelly yoga mats yeah what are you gonna I do with know. like yoga mats and kids t-shirts that are like branded for a particular like you know particular nonprofit like there's just no resale value like you're just stealing to steal almost at that point like the catalytic converters might be worth something but like you're costing them 30 grand and you're on the other end you're getting like 600 bucks like i i suppose you could have a really fabulous like yoga kids birthday yoga themed kids birthday party but i don't know but yeah you're right with the branding on it that's that's you know a little, little sketch a little sus i don't think that would fly um there would be too many questions um, so yeah, please don't do this. Um, unless you're, you know, you know, work something, you, you can work something out, right? You can find a van somewhere else. Everyone's got vans. <laughs> Still from FedEx. FedEx has a lot of vans or Spotify, you know, well, the other, Spotify, like, sorry, well, Amazon, a lot of these bigger companies have GPS and stuff in their vehicles, like their tracking devices that are probably pretty hard to disable. That's true. Even the scooters have tracking devices, don't they? They're tracking us all producer Dave. They've put chips microchips into our brains via the covid vaccine and now they are following us everywhere that's really funny i have a here's a sam harris we'll be able to put technology directly into our brains very nice Everybody check out the intellectual dollar tree podcast <laughs> absolutely so and check out the soundboard so we got one more on get your shit together it appears to be that um palo alto uh be palo altoing yeah i mean they're racist what are you gonna do it's when it's what you get when you have a city that's predominantly white people well this news conference comes as police in palo alto are right in the middle of a hate crime investigation 
Officers say racist graffiti was found at Pardee Park along Channing Avenue and Center Drive. Police say someone discovered writings on a playground and bits of the equipment there, and there were racial epithets aimed at black people. Teams have since removed that graffiti, but police are still working to figure out when the incident happened and who is responsible. Good well, on the news old. for not showing like the racist graffiti. Yeah, typically what they'll do is show like a, they'll do a shot, a B-roll shot, and then they'll like, have blurred out what it says. But you can, if any, you know, if you have any sort of awareness at all, you will know what it says, right? They don't blur it out so that you can't read it. Um, yeah, but in this situation, good on them. It was a short story, though. I, I uh, well, probably won't learn any more, but just not an uncommon story, unfortunately. Well, and, and well, that was parts we can kind of jump off from it a little bit here. I'm like hoping it's dumb kids and not like something else, like something else, a Bruin either in Palo Alto or the surrounding areas, you know, it would be, that would be, that's my preference too. Um, and I absolutely like to think that, um, cause you see, you see this a lot. Um, so ho- hopefully it's just kids, but still something is a Bruin, you know, and it's every, it's everywhere. It really is everywhere. It's in your neighborhood. It's in mine. Um, uh, you know the the and the lawn signs tell the tale. Frankly, <laughs> the lawn signs tell the tale of where people stand. Um, and there's just enough of uh the signs out there that that tell me that uh folks, you know, really don't care about um others. They care about themselves. And that's it. Um, so, so, so I I do want to. I've seen like literally only twice that I've since I've been the mayor of the avenue, and uh, I've been you know not not doing my duties down there as much, but only twice have I really seen people say race racist or bigoted things. And in both case, well, one case they was at my friend's restaurant and he was the one tending bar. And he said, you need to get out of my restaurant. Now I will cover your bill. You will never come back. And then, uh, and then the other one, it was just out on the street and somebody was saying something. And I was with a group, of, a group of mostly guys and two of the guys went over there and said, Hey, um, I better not ever see you on this street again. Me and Brandon were like, yeah. whoa, because those are like the hey. two nicest guys in the world. Hey, right. And that, well, was the only line, two, that was the only two times I've seen that. And in downtown San Jose, I was in an unfortunate, uh, I was waiting for, uh, was, was when I was with my last boyfriend, I was waiting for him. He was running late as, as he did. And I was at, um, I was outside of 55 South outside smoking and some guy comes up and he's like oh do you got a light and i was like yeah and then he just kind of starts talking about the money the money and the power in silicon valley and i'm like oh man I've, i'm already a little drunk i don't want to have this conversation and then boom the jewish question and i was like hey i don't want to talk to you he was yeah. like why and i was like because you're a bigot i was like you know and i just like walked to the other corner and he followed me and then i was walking into the the bar and the doorman was like hey and i'm like you see that guy behind me i'm like he's like yeah i'm like you can let him in if you want but i don't recommend it <laughs> and then they didn't let him in <laughs> <laughs> i was like a regular there and like the place yeah. was pretty busy and you know i wasn't like you know dramatic or whatever i was like you can do whatever you want but i don't recommend it and the guy the guy then started getting shitty with the door person and then as, as i was walking off the door guy was like hey man good looking out that guy was an asshole <laughs> yeah, oh, those man. are like well, the only can... times i can really i mean i've heard like casual homophobia but not not here downtown san jose for sure um mm. 
I remember, and I recall a time at a, uh, one of the, the venue in Cupertino that we go to a lot, and somebody outside had uh, decided that a woman outside was trans. I don't know mm. if the woman outside was or wasn't trans, but this group of guys over, like that were there were like, hey, that's none of your fucking business. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> and then the guy like left. Like, You love to hear it. You love to hear it. You know, I, uh, it's interesting. And uh, the good wife has pointed this out on a number of occasions. I, the, the predominantly when I encounter racism, whether it's uh, implicit bias or it's in, it's intentional bias, it's in my family. It's actually in, you know, like I said, it's right next door. It's, it's within uh, the, the people that I was raised to, you know, love and respect and care about. And it can be difficult in those situations to just break down and call them on it, but you kind of have to. Um, and I'm learning that and trying to um, approach things from a different perspective and trust that if your family does care and if they truly aren't necessarily, you know, trying to be racist, um, hopefully they'll, re- you know, they should respect you calling them out and, and showing them when uh, they're a little off base. And I, I certainly respect when people call me out. Um, it might be a little, you know, tense. It might be a little squishy uh, for a minute, but when I think about it, generally speaking, most times they're right. Um, and I do have to take a step back. Uh, so I think everyone needs that moment and we need to call each other out more often. There are some circumstances where I do think that things are so like an environment where things are so, um, wired up already that it might not be the best environment to raise the issue for example a sporting event oh yeah where um where fans are very fired up um it's happened to me where i've heard some absolute racist comments uh, hurled at players at ball players professionals um and i certainly have wanted to whether who, whatever team they're playing for want to turn around and you know uh give what for to the person who said it, but knowing the environment, knowing that they've already had like three or four beers or five beers, who knows how many in the parking lot, you know, it, it's just not necessarily the time or place because at the end of the day, I also want to think about what effect is it going to have? What, you know, what help am I going to be by doing that? Right. Am I going to really change this guy's or gal's mind? Um, you know, with my, whatever, whatever I'm going to say to them, right. To admonish them for it, no matter how, calm and collected and, and, and magnanimous I am, right? Is it really going to move the needle for them when they're already 10 sheets to the wind and, you know, they're, they're not really going to, I think, perhaps uh, absorb anything from the situation? I mean, not for nothing, too. They're probably there with their boys or with their friends or their girlfriend or their, you know, their, their family members or whatever. And you, you right. would hope that maybe even if not in the moment or whatever, one of, their, one of their boys is like, hey, you know, we were at the game the other day and, like, I, you know, I was embarrassed. I didn't, you know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't and, know, I didn't know that. And I don't really, you know, I don't want to go places and have to deal with that. You know, you, you, cause you don't know what, you know, you don't know, you don't know if people, and after, pull people aside. Generally after a while, like you can, you can hear it. Like you can hear people trying to like find the way to, to just interject and or intervene. Right. And just calm them down. But it's never about di- addressing what they're saying, like in the, in whatever the, you know, the implications of what they're saying directly. It's usually just about, man, you're drunk or, Hey, Hey man, stop being loud and embarrassing us. Right. It's, it's more just like that kind of thing. Um, you never hear them directly addressing like, hey, you're being fucking racist, bro. Shut up. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that probably does happen though. You're just not, you know, you're the odds of you hearing that particular thing. Yeah. Right. 
Right. I mean, and you're right. Like, and perhaps the best time is after the fact, right? Is to, uh, in some situations, right? If, especially if you're going to be friends with this person and you see them on a regular basis and go out with them again on a regular basis, right? To have. Or you fun. maybe decide not to anymore after the fifth or right, sixth time. Right. Or you make happens. that choice. Right. Right. Um, and then if they ask why, then you tell them why. Um, but yeah, so I, it, there, there are times and places, but um, at the same time, we, we do need to, we, it absolutely needs to be called out. Um, on all levels uh, that's the only way we move forward right i I only remember one instance in which we as a group excommunicated somebody for that kind of shit uh there was this guy like we kind of knew him and he was hanging out whatever it was usually pretty cool he always had weed you know would always throw in on booze or whatever we're pretty we're we're like early 20s and uh but then like we're young and but every once in a while he'd just say something kind of off right and like Mm -hmm. not like super racist but off and then one night we were at a party at like a like a condo like condo complex this guy i don't know his parents were rich or whatever and he had a condo and security got called and after security left the guy started freaking out and and this and and that and because the security guard was black and then the guy who owned the house is like or the apartment was like oh or the condo or whatever he's like you can't be here anymore he's like who are your people and then <laughs> my friend jorge was like uh, we used to we used to be his people we didn't know this and the guy's like, right answer, y'all are welcome to stay. Let's have, let's, let's he's like, you get out of here and let's let's keep doing what we're doing here. It's good social hosting right there. Um, yeah, it, again, just don't. We have we all, and this is a great lesson for myself too. We do, all of us should not be afraid to to call this out, but be be careful in the situations that you do this. Um, protest counter protest situation at City Hall probably not the best time to be calling out the minor. Um, uh, whatever factual inaccuracies of something someone is shouting <laughs> while they're waving a sign and perhaps a gun now because in California and anywhere you can pretty much carry a gun wherever you want. Fantastic. According so, to the Supreme Court at least. So we're going to move on to get your shit together. This is going to be uh, Oakland needs to get their shit together. Apparently they're closing down uh, several more schools. Yes. Oakland Unified has been plagued by, a, a you know, like many other school districts, um, lower enrollment, as people move out to uh, more affordable pastures out of the cities. Um, so they have less money because enrollment means money. Um, so now they're going to have to figure out how to consolidate and close some schools. And they've, this is apparently the third time they've had to take this vote um, because the public has just lashed out. And we've seen some pretty disruptive meetings on down ballots past of Oakland's unified meetings about this subject. So this is the latest installment. Within the last 90 minutes, the Oakland School Board once again rejected a proposal to save some schools already slated for closure or consolidation. This is an emotional issue for many parents, students and staff, but the district tonight said those closures will indeed happen. KTVU's Amber Lee live tonight in Oakland where that contentious meeting was held. Amber? And she working hard. Mike, parents and their supporters were emotional as they lined up to address school board members. Now, despite their pleas to keep schools open, the vote did not go their way. President Yee, no. The motion is not agreed to. The Oakland School Board voted 4-2 to two to reject the resolution to rescind school closures. The decision came after two and a half hours of public comment and a presentation by parents who are fighting to keep schools open. I'm justifiably upset that there was no listening. They knew coming in what they were going to say, what they were going to do. The mood was contentious throughout the meeting held at La Escuelita School. The board immediately adjourned the meeting following the vote. After a chair was thrown, 
towards the stage where board members were sitting. This vote is the third time the board has voted down similar resolutions during the past few months. The district says it is dealing with declining enrollment and a budget deficit. I do not believe we have the resources to maintain um, the number of schools that we have and the footprint. It really, it stretches our resources too thin. I'm very upset, but not surprised. Um, you know, I, I have fought against school closures for a long time. The last thing that I ever imagined that I would be sitting on the school board and have my colleagues on the board uh, not listen to the community and vote to close community schools when we have money to keep our schools open. This fight is over 10 public schools either already closed or slated for closure next year. Opponents say they are closing schools that serve a large population of black and Latino students. They're cutting services for our children. They're cutting teachers. So we're upset. During public comment, opponents say the fight to keep schools open is not over. You look like us, but you're not. You're not. Wrap it up, please. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. I can't wait for wrap November. Wrap it up. Parents and their supporters say they will take their fight to the ballot box in November when three seats on the board will be up for a vote. Mike? Amber Lee, live tonight in the city of Oakland. Amber, thank you. New Amber doing work. Amber's putting in the work, but like not for Seriously. nothing, like... <clears throat> Oakland isn't necessarily like Santa Clara County, but there's a lot of rich motherfuckers up there in Montclair. You know what I'm saying? And those kids, the people going to those schools, those schools ain't being closed down. No, I mean, that's the, this is the shame, right? It's in, um, I want to, let me take a quick step back and point out that none of these kids who, whose parents are there, you know, um, advocating for them on their behalf, uh, they're not going to be without an option for an education. The problem is that you're creating, uh, it, it's a completely inequitable situation because even though you're still, you still have a seat for that child at some school, right? Now it may be further away. It might be they have to take the bus to get there. It may be that, you know, it, it just, it changes your entire family's you know day to day routine. And that's enough to throw any family into, um, you know, not chaos, but it's a huge adjustment. And, um, as you consolidate, you know, you're going to have more kids in each classroom and less teachers to go around. There are already enough, you know, shortage of teachers, there's a shortage of counselors, there's a shortage of support. But, but the bottom line is the school board can't do anything about it. The public school board can't do anything about it because as de enrollment declines, they get less money and they have less resources to keep these schools open. And it's just like a household budget, just like anyone's budget. It's not as though the school district is squirreling away money. I you know, Maybe their superintendents and their administrators are overpaid compared to their teachers. Sure, I'm sure that's pretty much the case almost, uh, you know, you, uh, countrywide, right? Um, teachers need to be paid more. Teachers need to be respected more. But really, they're not squirreling away money that they can use to keep these schools open. I would almost guarantee it, unless you can show me the show me the receipts. Um, that being said, parents who are concerned are right to be concerned. They're right to uh, to burn the house down. I don't think they're right to throw chairs at the school board um, because a lot of these school board members, like that gentleman Michael Hutchinson, there, you know, they, their parents they used to be right on the other side of that public comment line. Um, but I, I don't think you can be surprised that this is happening. This is a byproduct of where we're at in terms of our economy and where people are moving and shifting and, and living. Um, and if you can afford private schools you send your kids to the private schools and they're going to keep their doors open they're going to keep all the services coming um and then that leaves less you know you, you pull your kid out of 
public school, put them in a private school, that's less money for the public school, right? And that's impacting the kids that are still left going to the public school because that's their only option. Right. And then your tax money just goes to a school like in a different neighborhood where there's a higher enrollment, essentially. Right. Um, I mean, the good news is that the parents of the private school kids are still paying taxes that support the public school. Right. So at the end of the day, they're paying tuition for the private school and they're paying taxes that support the public school. The problem is the state and most states, especially California, do not adequately fund education in in the first place. So it really doesn't matter how much tax money you're spending. It, it's not going to the right places. It's not doing the right things. Um, and it's not being applied equitably. So um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird reverse nexus point or something. The more, you know, things devolve in terms of our economy, the more people move out of the area or can afford to send their kids to private school. The folks on the lower end who can't afford to do anything, they can't afford to move. They can't afford to take their kids out of public school. You know, they are the ones that are suffering the most and we need to figure out what we can do to solve that problem. And I guarantee you it comes down to money. So, At the end of the day, if we treat teachers like doctors and lawyers, we're going to get better results, period. So I was listening to, I forget what podcast it was. I think it might've been the Ezra Klein show. And they were talking about um, education. And this person, it was like an interesting take that they were saying that if your city is like impacted by these kind of budget cuts, that one of the best things you can do, but that you can't do because of all the, you know, the back, the backdoor dealing is actually to roll out municipal fiber. And the Mm. reason being is you could send the kids to school four days a week, three days a week. And if everybody has access to fiber internet, then you're not going to have all these problems that everybody had with their, with distance learning. Even if these kids are just given like a Chromebook or whatever, the, the, the limiting factor for a lot of the distance learning was people's shitty internet connection. There you go. And that's, that was the, this is the very thing that, um, escaped seem to escape all you know government response and even like the folks that are supposed to know better like it people and, and school district it people it's not the you know you can we can find the chromebooks we can find the the donated apple you know macbooks or whatever right like you can find enough um from donations from hp and any other company you know tech company you want to name in the bay area pr- who produces you know hardware you can get hardware donations no doubt you can get the hotspots you can get the mobile hotspots you can get the you know the routers and the wi-fi and the you know the the meshes and anything you want right you could even get um community-wide wi-fi hookups right but if the internet the, the quality of the of the service itself, right? The quality of the, of the feed itself, of the, of the, the hookup itself is not solid, right? If you're not getting that high, that high speed, um, caliber that you need, it's just worthless with all, all the software and all the, I'm sorry, all the hardware, right? Without the actual quality service, right? Right. If there's no, if there's no fiber, if there's no fiber under the ground, it, you can, you can give everybody the world's best Wi-Fi router in the world and it, it'll improve things a little bit. Sure. A lot of people haven't reset their Wi-Fi router since the last time their power went out. Right. But right. like, you know, I don't know if that's the answer, but it was an interesting idea. And the problem is, is that like these, you know, if Oakland wanted to roll out municipal fiber, AT&T and Comcast would be on the horn with their lawyers like a minute <laughs> after the yeah. decision was made, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, but it is something that should be and can be, regulated but also rolled out like a, a municipal or a you know a government funded utility right it, it could be treated that way um it's not being treated that way at this to this point um so now you but so what you see are sort of one-off and pet project 
rollouts of pilots, you know, things like that, where, oh, we're giving nice this one neighborhood. Too, by the way. Exactly, right. Or some, or, or neighborhoods where the numbers are such that like even a small increase is going to look really big, right. And look really impactful. Um, so uh, you're seeing kind of rollouts like that, but it's nowhere near the scale it needs to be. And it takes so bloody long just to get people to agree on like what the problem is. Right. And that's, that's, the biggest issue is that uh, folks just don't. If we can't agree on what the problem is, how are you supposed to agree on solutions to the problem, right? So, for example, right now, uh, AT and T is like telling everybody, "Oh, we're rolling out fiber. We're rolling out fiber." Well, you know where they're rolling it out? They're rolling it mm-hmm. out where I live, where mm-hmm. rent is high and it's dense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can probably you know, afford it. Where I'm moving, um, you know, I called and they're like, "Oh, within a year," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, maybe." And it's not that like but, where I'm moving, it's not like, you know, it's, it's the single family homes there are like over a million dollars. It's just that they're sure. far enough apart that it, there's, it's makes less financial sense to roll out there, even though the people there might be more wealthy than the people in my neighborhood, you know, on average, because they probably own their home. It's just, you're not going to yeah. make as much money because it's not as dense. And this is where the cities have to come in. But the problem is the cities have all like basically rolled over for these internet companies acting like the internet company was doing them a favor by laying copper like you know 30 years ago or whatever yeah yeah like like they're still doing me a favor by leaving the copper in the ground this is unreal and so yeah it's it's not maybe the best solution but they could certainly close less of these schools if they had to run them three days a week but the problem is again you got 10 percent of the students 20 percent of the students on an internet connection that's just not going to handle the call and it just destroys the experience for everyone involved. And, yep. and it's not the kid's fault, probably not even the parent's fault, right? Because if you, nope. you get what you get when you move somewhere and you have one or two internet service providers. And so it was an interesting, you know, interesting idea. And, you know, and it's not just that, it's just all the other things that these, you know, these young people could do with these high quality internet connections. They could teach themselves things as they get a little bit older with this, you know, using the bandwidth. I mean, the, the situation here, just doing this show is night and day doing this remote. Now that I'm on like a fiber connection where my ping to the fucking backbone is four milliseconds. Like it's, it's huge. It's huge. And the, the, the quality of the uh, remote connection is going to drop when I move. It's just going to. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's no fault of anyone else's. It's just like, there's there's all you know we're supposed to be the land of innovation and we can't even fucking lay down decent internet infrastructure for everybody and that the, these fiber cables are cheap it you don't have to lay them very deep under the ground like their their environmental impact is very small you can do it without digging up the street as long you know there's places where you'd have to dig up driveways or whatever but you could do it it's not like it's not like laying a water main right these are this cable is like you know, to serve thousands of homes is like an inch and a half across. This is a tiny cable. You can put it three feet underground and nothing ever happens to the goddamn thing unless somebody goes to dig it up. But then that's terrorism. So we have we have a lot of problems. And, you know, if the land of innovation can't figure any of this stuff out, then I guess we're just fucked. Possibly. Possibly. But hey, at least we'll have a nice a chance on down ballot here to to throw down while we go down. So we're going to move on to the down ballot watch and there's, I've been hearing yes. a little of this on Twitter too. It seems like Gavin, I'm not sure for 2024, but maybe for 2028, Gavin seems a little ambitious. He's prospecting. He's prospecting. He's, he's, he's sifting for the gold, 
But uh, yeah, that, I hadn't. I anticipated this the moment he decided to run for governor and then backed out and ran for lieutenant governor and just sort of bided his time and then ran for gov. Um, it's 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 just the ascension. Um, so we'll find a little more about it here. Well, there is growing speculation tonight as Governor Newsom runs for re-election here in California about some ads he's running in Florida starting Monday. So what will be in those ads? And does this mean what it appears to mean? NBC Bay Area's Ian Cole joins us now to explain. Ian. Yeah, and Terry, I spoke with two political analysts about this tonight. Both say gov- the governor uh, is trying to expand his shown off the studio. On I know, right? What is this? Trying to lay groundwork for a presidential for run. The other agrees, but just for a different election. Despite saying in the past he has no interest in running for president, Governor Gavin will start though. airing advertisements in Florida starting Monday. What the ads will say is still a mystery. Uh, Gavin Newsom had to know that this would signal that people would interpret or misinterpret his actions as presidential campaign uh, a- ambition. Uh, USF political science professor James Taylor says it's likely Newsom will address Florida's don't say gay law that went into effect today, banning classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. After the recall, Newsom got stronger, and I suggested off the bat that it strengthened his position to run for national office. And he's been vocal on major issues today, tackling gun reform. To right-wing Republicans all across this country. Gavin Newsom loves guns. Decency, respect. Also not for nothing. He talked to somebody before doing this ad. He's got the gun pointed like away from any person. His hand, mm-hmm. he's not holding it, like gripping it. There's no he, mag. Yeah, he talked to somebody about how to handle this gun appropriately before this ad. Because there's this famous one of Nancy Pelosi, where I'm sure like a hundred fucking experts looked at the gun to make sure it wasn't, that there were no ammunition in it. For all we know, the barrel was cemented shut, but she like swept it across the crowd. I don't know if you remember that. That famous incident. Yeah, it wasn't like that, but she just kind of carelessly was handling it. Yeah. And uh, he's got somebody around him that's like, you hold this this way, and this is the only way you hold this. Or even common understanding that kids should not have one of these. This is an AR-15. This is a weapon of war, a weapon of mass destruction. But Even posting on Truth Social, the platform started by former President Trump. What yeah. is it about so many of the blue states and their economic success that Republican states are not considering. What do you make of this? NBC Bay Area political analyst Larry Gersten says Newsom has already been going after the strongest potential Republican candidates. Gavin Newsom has made it a point to uh, extend his presence on national issues. And he thinks Newsom wants his voice and brand expanded just in case. And uh, position himself so that if for some reason Biden doesn't run, and if Harris falters, there is Newsom. Committed to intervene. And you heard it there. Gerson says there are a lot of what ifs on this. He thinks that Newsom has his sights set on 2028, not 2024. We will have to wait and see. Terry. All right, Ian. Thanks very much. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm generally for it. Um, I think I am probably to Gavin Newsom's left economically, maybe on social issues, probably lockstep with me, probably agrees with us on social issues, or at least his political persona tends to swing that way. Um, and the other thing is, I don't know. He's sharp. He's a good looking guy. 
He's um nev- never been afraid of controversy, and he seems like tef- a little bit of a Teflon Don when it comes to uh, controversy in some ways. Um, yeah. You know, and I just feel like, I don't know, I kind of thought he should have run in 2020. Well, there have been 46 presidents of the United States, and 45 of them have been white males. So, uh, and even Barack Obama was Scotch Irish, half at least, to, and raised by his his white grandmother. So there you go. Um, have to take it for what it's worth. But yeah, no, I think that Gavin makes a very solid candidate in 2028, regardless of uh, where you know Kamala uh, ends up um, at the end of the Biden presidency. Um, that's also assuming that Biden runs in 24. But you know things change uh, on a moment's notice in politics these days. Um, and we'll, I think it's set to be seen what the, the makeup and the, the scope of the 24 election is going to look like, even um, uh, in the wake of uh, all that's happening now. Um, we have the midterms to get through still, so we'll see. Um, but you know, this is certainly the trajectory. I mean, I think this is exactly what he's looking for, what he's aiming for. He's, he's not very subtle about it. It's no surprise that he and you know Sam Licardo share consultants because uh, Licardo is very much so... Um, obvious in terms of seeking some sort of higher office at some point and right trying to position himself for that run at some point um so we'll, we'll see where gavin ends up um but uh i i certainly feel like this is no surprise to anyone who's been watching his ascension for for uh, any period of time yeah it's <clears throat> i mean it's generally good um and i don't know if he's just running ads in florida to kind of stick his thumb in ron DeSantis's eye but I think all things considered, if he's going to be running as a Democrat in the future, sticking his thumb in Ron DeSantis's eye, whether or not Ron DeSantis is, would end up being his opponent if he were to even be the nominee, it's good politics because like a lot of even like just centrists and liberals don't like what's com- what's going on in Florida. They don't like yeah. they don't like just kind of the tone of the politics there. And, um, you know, and a lot of us are kind of still mad about the year 2000 and what fucking the shit that went down there with the brooks brothers riot and everything florida is like a yeah. politically charged place and if you're politically ambitious and you have the money it's not the worst idea in the world to start get to start barking in people's ears there and start trying to piss off ron DeSantis, get ron DeSantis to say something froggy or stupid about you you know absolutely and also firing up democrats down there in florida which is a, it's changing demographic right it's 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 flippable it is um potentially um but it, it doesn't hurt to get out there early as well and and really establish na- your name and name id it's so important um it's this it's similar to in a city uh like a san jose or san francisco running for super, you know your your supervisor and running for mayor right is a whole different scenario and you need to get out of your district and get build your name id out of your district and the same situation applies here he needs to get out of california and build his uh his name id and his reputation and his values outside of california where most people probably think, you know, he's, you know, hippie Gavin, right? You know, like, it's just labeling him as San Francisco liberal, right? Um, but he is much more moderate than that, I think, than it's the typical, what they, what they, the stereotypical San Francisco liberal. So we'll see. I think, I think this is a good, this is a first step for him. Um, and really, you know, you don't spend money like this on an ad unless you have a political purpose. So there's, it's, I don't think it'll be anyone, to anyone's surprise if Gavin decides to throw his hat in the ring at some point and the top job. Not for nothing. There, there's no. I don't think there's any real harm if there was a strong um, primary contender for whoever's currently the president. I actually think political parties do themselves a bit of disservice uh, for the general by not having like a a real primary when their person is the president. Because if there's a real primary and a real challenger, that person who 
is most likely going to still end up winning is going to have their face on TV a lot more and they're going to be able to get their message out and they're going to be kind of practiced against somebody coming after them and they're going to be, you know, if they just got out of a more difficult primary than they expected, then their team's all on point. Everybody's like ready to go. You know, it's like, it's, I think it's, it's a, a good thing. And I think that either political party would do themselves a bit of a favor by n- not being discouraging people primarying the president. Um, I agree. hundred percent. I think you're right. The primary is uh, there for people to run in it. And I'm talking to you yeah. people still mad about 2016. The primary yeah. was there for people to run. The problem with 2016 primary is only three of them motherfuckers ran. There should have been yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Don't be afraid of the establishment. Get in, get, make a, you know, even if it is just to make a fucking point and to move the needle, that's exactly what the primary is for is to, to force the issue, to force uh, accountability. So please uh, do not be afraid to primary anybody, um, especially if they're not representing our values. Um, especially if you're in a party and they're not representing, representing the party's values. Um, you should not be afraid of incumbency. You should not be afraid of the establishment. Uh, you know, run with reckless abandon. That's what I will always uh, encourage. Um, maybe not for myself, <laughs> but, I'll, but I'll be there to back you up. I'll be there to back you up if you have, if you uh, need help. And not for nothing in 2016, they totally stole the primary from Martin O'Malley. I've seen the wire. I saw, I saw what kind of a political animal Carchetti was in the wire. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, dirty. They did him dirty. He was my, that was my boy, my white, my white male, uh, you know, champion. All right. Well, um, moving on down the, the ballot, just real quick touch on sports. We don't do sports a lot here on down ballot, but this has a sort of public work slash sports uh, application. The A's are looking to build a new ballpark and a new, uh, you know, development down, uh, down by the Harbor in Oakland. And they passed another hurdle on their way to getting this done. It is a huge win for the A's, not on the field, but about this their stadium. Today, a commission most people have never heard of separated Howard Terminal from the greater Port of Oakland. It's not the final step, but if it didn't go the way it did today, it would have been the final straw for the A's in Oakland. Metaverse. NBC Bay Aries, Valina Jones joins us now yes. from San Francisco, where today's meeting took place. How did it go out there today, Valina? Well, it was a long meeting. They have been discussing this for hours. And like you said, while this decision does not mean the stadium's a lock, what it does mean is that those A's fans that want the A's to continue to stay rooted in Oakland, well, they have a reason to cheer. Now, this comes after hours and hours of public comment here tonight. The San Francisco Bay Area Conservation Development Commission had to decide whether to remove port priority use at Howard Terminal. They voted yes, essentially saying the terminal isn't necessary for the port's future expansion. If they refused, though, it would have been game over for any A's ballpark on the Bay. And there were plenty of passionate supporters on both sides of the debate today. After losing the Warriors and losing the uh, the Raiders, um, our staff have, you know, our members have had their hours greatly reduced, and and they're yeah, for them it's a it's a priority to keep them here. What happens between now and 30 years from now? Every single scenario anticipates compounding growth. Every single scenario then means we need more acreage, not less. 
And then the commission gave the A's and their fans a win, separating the terminal from the port and allowing the plan for a ballpark to continue to move forward. Critics from the East Oakland CDM Alliance representing port workers and terminal operators say the port is essential for future growth and is suing to stop the project. Now, this is just one of the many hurdles that will come in the future, but at the end of the day, this is a big win for the A's, but those who are in opposition say this is just the beginning. In San Francisco, Valina Jones, NBC Bay Area News. So, so it looks like there's kind of competing labor interests here, right? The the port workers are like, hey, you're taking up some of the port. You're going to increase traffic. It's going to be harder for me to get to work. The trucks are going to have sometimes a harder time getting in and out because of all the commerce going here. And it's going to make our jobs more difficult. And we may lose some jobs. Things may slow down here and people may choose San Diego or Seattle or whatever. And then the service right. service workers are like, hey, this is uh, this be a lot, a lot of hours for our uh, for our union members. And right. so, you know, it it you know we're a service economy now so i think the service workers union is probably going to win out truth and they, they also have uh, we're talking about a lot of residential uh, units coming to that area too it's mixed use right so it's not just commercial it's a lot of people living there and spending their money there so um it's it's really almost necessary uh, for for the service industry right um but you're right that's those are you you nailed it uh, once again producer dave which is why you'd be a great consultant um there are competing labor interests here and at the end of the day you really need to have almost all of labor on your side if you need if you want to win battles like this so it's yet to be seen how this plays out at the city council it's coming there soon um but again like the news said any uh, no vote on this path is going to mean the A's move to Las Vegas or wherever they decide to. Um, they've already lined up a few other locations. And frankly speaking, it might be best for the city of Oakland in the long run to lose all these teams and be able to focus their resources on uh, more on their residents. Um, but because like we've said, sports does not pay the bills. Usually the stadiums do not pay the bills. Usually a lot of times the city gets screwed on the Olympics. The city see gets Santa, screwed. See Santa Clara. Exactly. So, uh, at the end of the day, this might be the best thing that ever happened to Oakland, but it sucks for you know fans. I mean, and but that that is what it is, right? At, at the end of the day, it has to make dollars and cents. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I guess I kind of don't care. Uh, the thing that they showed that rendering was beautiful, except mm -hmm. I'm wondering like, how do you charge admission with that rendering? Because it looked like it was just open on one end, and I could just walk into the game. I could just walk onto the field <laughs> in that rendering. Well, you know, they, they don't show the gates and the, 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 the scanners and all that shit. And the open space, the open side faces the, the harbor, right? So they'll have people, you know, out there in boats and shit like at the, the Giants ballpark. They're trying to replicate that kind of waterfront feel. So, um, but also retain the circular. I like the kind of circular throwback to the Coliseum itself. Um, that's, that's certainly a, uh, an homage type of thing. So, well, uh, well hold on real quick. Not for nothing yeah. too. It's, it'd be, if they moved to Vegas, that's bad for Vegas because, uh, water. Yeah, uh, well, Vegas is trying to come up, though. They got the Raiders. They've got a hockey team now. They're looking for a basketball team. Um, and a baseball team would probably be, do pretty well there. Um, they might need a retractable dome, just deal with all the heat. But other than that, um, it'd be pretty, it, it would be pretty decent for them. But yeah, wa water's an issue. So they'd have to figure out maybe an artificial turf or something like that. That might work. So our last one is, this is a feel-good story. Uh, Cruising is being brought back. And I think, like... Before, before we run this, I think one of the reasons cruising is being brought back is all these dudes are like 55 and older now, right? These are all like old school guys. Oh, sure. Any, any, anything they were doing in the past as young people, they're too old for that shit now. And so like, this is just a bunch of old guys showing off their fucking classic cars at this point. It's it, a, a classic a whole new car generation, show. Though. 
Yeah, there's a whole new generation though coming up, but uh, and I think that uh, what we've just seen in San Jose um, in terms of like lifting the stigma around cruising, it might open up a whole new uh, opportunity for people to express themselves. But here, we're going to find out more about what's going on. San Jose has turned the corner when it comes to cruising. The city council voted to lift a ban that had been in place for 30 years. Advocates argue the ban was used to discriminate against their Mexican heritage and culture. KTVU's LaMonica Peters live tonight in San Jose with reaction from members of the low-riding community. LaMonica. Mike, cities across the state are lifting their bans on cruising, saying that they led to racial profiling and criminalized an entire community. Now the city of San Jose is lifting its ban, too. Over the years, I was stopped dozens of times by oh, who's that police. He's and a cop. every time I was made to sit on a curb while I and, and my car were searched. And I was questioned about my presumed gang involvement. Last month, San Jose City Council member Raul Perales talked about his own experiences driving as lowrider and the consequences he faced. On Tuesday, city council members lifted the ban that had been in place since 1992. The no cruising signs are really an archaic form of profiling. Oh, I know that guy. As lowriders as a community, and huh. it was time for them to come down. San Jose police said the ban hadn't been enforced in years, but they still supported keeping the ban in place, calling it a tool to ensure public safety and deter crime. While cruising won't be the focus, police will still enforce any other laws broken. Rick Cortez, a member of San Jose's lowrider community, says an entire group shouldn't be penalized for individual behavior. In any industry, any ecosystem, any community, there's going to be an some negative influence, but that does not define the community. Cortez says now he's focused on the future. In January, he started 408 Art with a grant he received from the San Jose Creative Ambassador Program. The series of summer workshops will teach the next generation about lowrider culture through history, art, and technology. What we're doing is we're building these sound reactive lights that are a very popular accessory for lowriders called color bars and they, they react to music. And so in this workshop, we're building the circuits, we're showing them how every piece works with each other to create these sound reactive lights that tie them back to lowrider history. Cortez says that lifting the ban gives the lowrider more bounce to the animals, a sense of security that yeah. they're not doing anything wrong when they're cruising. Now they just wanna continue the tradition and honor the culture. Mike? No doubt a long and cherished tradition by many in that community. The 30-year ban. Yeah, Mike knows all about it. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Mike's got a six foe. Dude, absolutely. Six five Impala rolling out the back. So um, well, this yeah. is good. That Super shit fun. is cool. That shit yeah. is fucking rad. I don't, I was never into like big older cars. Like when I had cars, I always like little sports cars, but that shit is yeah. rad. Cruise nights are rad. It's a fucking car show. These dudes fucking some of these some of these cars are just works of fucking art that these people okay. have spent countless dollars and hours of their time like perfecting and some of these people are like doing these customizations on them that are like they're not taking it to the shop they're doing it themselves these things that they're yeah. doing with the reactive lighting i know that's not new like a, not a new technology but now the boards are like the size of like a fucking like a fourth of a credit card to do that and led yeah. lights it's not doing nothing to your car like it's 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 all gravy baby and like i said i think it's as the community around this starts to age they start to have a little more money and a little more political power they start to be homeowners they start to be donation people to political causes 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the Lowrider Council of uh, San Jose has actually come up pretty strong, man. And they're, they're very organized. They're very well healed. Um, and they came up, they came out hard for this um, and good on them there. And they're getting politically engaged. That's the most, that's the fun part is that uh, folks like this are finding out that, you know, politics and all that shit that they usually poo poo um, or might just, you know, shun off or just be apathetic about. It does have an impact. The people you vote for, the things that you support do, do have an impact and the things you show up for have an impact. So, hey, good for them. Let's go cruising. Well, and I just also feel like there's a way that the city won't do it because San Jose just doesn't do stuff like this. The city could just lean right the fuck into this. Oh, well, they, there are there are actually already uh, plans for some uh, some organized, sanctioned, you know, p- p- uh, permitted cruise events coming up soon um, over the summer, at least. So um, look, look out. Story and King, East Santa Clara. It's going to be fun. So not recently, but like a few years ago, I was seeing low riders at a bike party, the regroups, and I was seeing them. Mm-hmm. I was seeing them. They were going to the organizers. And I, at first I didn't know why. And then I found out they were getting transmitters and they were that, that bump in the trunk. They were, like, oh, interesting. they were part of the dance floor. Oh, and, interesting. And so, yeah. um, you know, not for nothing. Now the police been cracking down on bike party cause it's much smaller. Fuck you, San Jose police. Uh, well, they, um, in terms of street safety too, low riding culture and, 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 uh, in general is about low and slow, right? It's about safety first, frankly. So this will hopefully keep the streets a little safer too. And, and this doesn't preclude the cops from going after sideshows and all the bullshit, you know, it's in reckless driving. Well, and it's not, this is, this is not that it's not the same. It's apples and oranges. If you spent 10 years building a low rider and then somebody tried to do donuts in your low rider, you would lose your fucking mind. Yeah, he'd be a little pissed, I'd say. <laughs> you would uh, not well, hey, be happy about that at all. I don't think so, no. Um, so, yeah, keep it low and slow, everyone, and be be cool. Let's let's chill out out there. Um, all right, well, hey, we've had a great show. It's We've gone on long enough, but we do have one quick story before we do go. Um, and we love to focus, uh, and another thing, on human and or animal interest. Um, this is the former. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yep. All on camera. Yep. Tense moments camera. as a hammer is thrown at a car in Oakland after Circa Pinnell says she caught these two individuals inside her husband's SUV after they not only broke into it, but also busted into that SUV's gas tank, too, one that had a lock on it. You hear stories like this, but you don't actually see it. So you're doing something to try to prevent it by putting a lock on it and then realizing that people are still able to get to your gas by drilling through it. It happened on 35th Avenue in the Laurel neighborhood of Oakland, where Pinnell's mom lives. The SUV was parked on a My street. My friend Stephanie's in the area. clubs in that neighborhood. Pinnell noticed the doors were open and yelled towards the people inside, who got in their white SUV and drove off. Pinnell says she then got into her car a short time later, and then noticed the two appearing to canvas the neighborhood. Upon confronting them, the woman took out a red hammer and hit her car. High gas prices or not. Pinnell believes they took about half a tank of gas and says that is just wrong. It shows that times are tough, you know, but it's still no excuse to do something like that, you know, because you don't know what that person is going through and how tough it is for them. It's tough for us, too, but, you know, we're not going around stealing people's gas. We've blurred out the faces of these two because police have not named them as suspects. Pinnell says she has filed a police report gave Oakland police the video showing the license plate number and two individuals in question, but has heard nothing back from OPD, who had no new info for us as of Sunday night. She's speaking now to warn others. 
anything. It's just, you know, unfortunate that people are able to do things like this and at the end of the day, really just get away with it. In Oakland, J.R. Stone, ABC 7 News. So not for nothing, throwing that hammer at somebody is like an assault with a deadly weapon. You're like not, you're not committing a minor crime once you move from I've siphoned the gas out of someone's tank to now I am throwing a sledgehammer at someone. You've yeah, upped the ante in a dramatic way. Crossing the line for sure. Um, you're going from property crime to, you know, physical crime. Um, so, uh, and, and uh, violent, sorry, violent crime. That's how they refer to it. So, uh, yes, do not cross that line, folks. But um, good on this person for catching on a video, getting their license plate, getting their images, um, and shaming the fuck out of these people. Um, but, again, we're getting to that Mad Max point where you're going to see a lot more of this kind of shit, like the catalytic converter theft and the gas theft. Um, and it's not going to get better. Um, so uh, be vigilant, but also be mindful. Um, and let's figure out a way to, to get, out, get out of needing gas. Maybe. Also, shout out to the gal they were interviewing for popping on a pair of headphones, honestly. <laughs> Like, yeah, serious. She, no, she was ready. She was ready for that. She had her camera out. She was ready for that. She was ready for the interview. She wants to make sure that this, this gets documented. So good for her. All right. Well, we're up against it. You want to read this show out? Fuck yes. Um, thank you as always for joining us either live here on Twitch or uh, on the podcast version of Down Ballot, the greatest local politics podcast in America, or at least San Jose and Campbell in the greater Bay Area. Um, if you <laughs> wanted to tune in, please come back uh, at 7.30 p.m. Pacific next Tuesday night and any Tuesday night uh, right before Local Love. Please stay tuned for Local Love, which is coming up next. Um, get your vaccinations, get your booster, make sure you're wearing a mask if you're indoors and you know pants are optional. To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing green Sit with the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing queen Now get the fuck up on and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy the band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man. You know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing You know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band we want what we want to do and what we want is to jam so sit back and enjoy the band
doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3, even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.